welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and I'm here with Michael Massey. Hi, Michael. Hi, Kara. Hi, everyone. Michael's Great to be joining, back. Yes, so good to have you. Michael's joining us from Devil's Tower, Wyoming. Do I have my That's state right. correct? You do, you do. Okay, so... I am, yes, on location. Yes, in a very high vibrational place, apparently. Well, yes, yes, certainly. Well, that's been my experience of it. Um, anyone who has... Uh, Anyone familiar with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the tower that the big landing occurred, um, and uh, that um, uh, Richard Dreyfus, you know, was drawn to it. He kept some great scenes there of him turning, you know, shaving cream and mashed potatoes and forming them into the shape of this tower. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it's pretty cool. I'm on an awesome campground right at the base of uh, of, of Devil's Tower, and and uh, every night they um, at this outdoor theater here they run uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's fun. Yeah, super fun, <laughs> super fun. Yeah, cool. So this has been on the bucket list for you know. 30 years for me and I'm finally here and I'm so grateful to be here and to be connected with you all today too. Yeah, that's wonderful. You've been traveling around the West. You've been to um, Yellowstone and you've been to Montana and I guess you would have had to have hit Idaho at some point in between Washington and Montana if my if my fifth grade geography is holding strong here. Uh, it is, it is. Um, so we went through Idaho, through Coeur uh, d'Alene, and uh, uh, on our way from Washington to uh, Montana. Mm-hmm. And then we went up to the Flathead, Flathead region of um, Montana, up to Glacier National Park, and had some uh, beautiful experience up there and Montana, anyone who hasn't visited that place. Wow. Um, yeah. So many lakes, rivers, uh, glorious, glorious. And, uh, I had, uh, this is part of like, um, knocking out for me, this trip here that I'm doing as I'm moving my way eventually back to Indiana, see my folks for Christmas. And, um, it was to hit up after this trip. Then I think I'm down to just two States out of the 50 that I haven't been to. What are those two? Maine and North Dakota. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you beat me by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's beautiful. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to see yeah. Old Faithful. I did. Yellowstone was amazing. The big treat and unexpected uh, treat was um, Yellowstone is a, is incredible. And I hadn't been there before. That was bucket list item. And then heading uh, east from Yellowstone, though, is uh, I. 
uh, stayed a couple nights in Cody, Wyoming, and which is similar. It's kind of like a to Sedona in that it's a small population town, ten thousand, but it grows just boom, just explodes during the the, the summer season uh, because of Yellowstone. And um, that's a really cool, cool town. And then heading east from there was through Bighorn. And that was astounding. I didn't, I had no expectation of that whatsoever. It wasn't on my radar at all. And what beautiful country. What an amazing, like, mm, national forest. So... Can you talk like a little bit? Nowhere. You talked, we talked about that, um, you and I, and you were talking about that 8,000 mile height and beyond. Oh, the <laughs> 8,000 mile height. No, 8, not 8,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well. See, you say yeah, it. This is why I can't be trusted with this information. I <laughs> know. Uh, no, we got to be careful what we share to this this cat. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, if we, getting above above eight thousand feet, there's a there's a very different all of a sudden energetic change in the atmosphere. And if you look at kind of the Earth itself, is well, it, it itself is a bit of an onion uh, going all the way from its core. Uh, you know, of a we got a this iron nickel core and then there's this molten core around it and then uh, another you know the inner mantle and outer mantles and stuff it eventually then comes to the crust of the earth and then uh and then beyond that there's there's additional layers like an onion it just and so the the whole um uh pr- the 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 proverbial mountain climb uh for you know how many and how many traditions and 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 teachings and uh, stories of masters that have you know so-called climbed the mountain to seek seek enlightenment uh, to to find God to find their connection to find their purpose or whatever and then then come down the mountain with a gift um, uh, that that then to to give humanity well there's there's some real like physics behind climbing a mountain or getting above 8,000 feet. And this is a, it's a really, really cool thing. And it's something that's kind of good to be aware of because you might not notice it. You might notice it, but you wouldn't know what's going on. So when you get above 8,000 feet, then there, the atmosphere kind of changes and has a different quality to it. And there's certain different energetics and flow equations that actually work at that at that band or that layer of the onion that's uh, uh, up 8,000 feet above sea level. And uh, what what happens is above that 8,000, the the uh, collective mind of humanity uh, kind of loses its power. So. Uh, it above 8,000 feet, it's really, it, it just all of a sudden you get this, every thought that you have at eight above that thing is yours. Okay, not, so that is, 
So when you talk about collective mind and collective thought, let's just talk about that because I think that that's happening at such a subtle level that it might be hard to understand the difference. Yeah, if you look at, uh, yeah, if you look at the, let's say, the human mind or human consciousness as being, um, uh, you know, imagine it to be a, a dinner plate. And um, there are uh, great portions. Now, your typical or kind of average level of, say, waking or conscious awareness is about the size of a quarter on that dinner plate. Hmm. So in other words, there's this whole dinner plate of, of things that are going on in our consciousness. And a vast majority of it is what we call subconscious. Right. And so, um, so we have within our subconscious, we have, of course, our own memories from, you know, from our whole lifetime, old childhood stuff that's, you know, not necessarily pertinent, but it's repressed. And um, that all exists at the subconscious level. We have uh, uh, deep-rooted soul memories that are on the, that unconscious level or subconscious level. And then what we do also have is within the, the subconscious is that we're we're part of a collective here. We're all in this together. And so we share one mind as humanity. And so we um, this is one of the reasons why we see like inventions pop up simultaneously around the world at the same time throughout the course of history. This has happened a number of different times because we, have, we actually do share a collective consciousness. Now, it might be subconscious to most people, but these are the thoughts that are, that the whole of us are contemplating. Hmm. And so every day we wake up, there's, we're actually kind of loading up a new stack or a new program stack each day. Um, that's going to include what our, our own maybe personal ambitions or expectations or what we, uh, initiatives we have for the day and what we might have going on in our personal sphere, but we're also going to load up whatever's going on with the collective and like it or not, as part of the collective, then we have some responsibility um, because we're actually integrally part of that frequency band. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so, but there are, let's say, mechanisms to to uh, um, liberate one your oneself for maybe a, a like a period of time where you can just kind of get out of that that collective and just to kind of work on your own stuff, just to be with just your your own personal connection to everything around you without the the influence of that collective and and climbing an altitude actually does the trick hmm so that yeah and it's interesting when you talk to like mountain climbers or you know people who do hike up you know that they do talk about how profound it is you know when you get up I always yeah. attributed that to 
the view of like just taking in from that altitude, from seeing, you know, the vastness and seeing things from that different perspective. Um, yeah. And didn't realize and there's, yeah. Yeah. There's more to it. And there's, yes, there's the, uh, yeah, the visual, the experience, the adrenaline, the, all this, you know, but this is why, you know, this is why, like mountain climbers get addicted to the experience mm -hmm. it because it's a it's a it's a high it's a euphoria it's a, literally it's a high here. yeah it's quite literally mm -hmm. a, a high and uh and they may not even know like this little thing that i'm sharing with you about these frequency bands but they are experiencing it mm -hmm. and so this is part of the exquisiteness of it because it's a it's a, in a sense, it's a way for us to, um, yeah, to, yes, to come into self-awareness of what is ours versus what is, yeah, you know, what is, what is a collective. Okay. So now I don't know if you will even know the answer to this, but, um, yesterday you and I were talking about like in meditation, when the consciousness lifts and you, and you actually do feel like your awareness is above you, your body, for instance. Okay. And so then that is a, a, an increase in frequency. And you mentioned that when you get above 8,000 feet, not miles, like anybody who would say that, feet, um, then you're coming into a another frequency. So do you know if there's a correlation? Like, are these like, are you entering a similar frequency that you may enter when you get into a different, when you notice that you're in a different frequency in meditation? Yeah. You know, actually that's a good point because it is a bit of that. So in a sense, um, through our meditative practices, if we're in this, that part of this meditation practice of quieting the mind and then, you know, escalating or elevating one's vibration to kind of reach up, if you will, mm -hmm. is, a, is, is a way to actually move, move our consciousness up beyond the collective into the more expansive and to seek inspiration and uh, enlightenment from this, you know, a more bird's eye view mm -hmm. above, above what we call the metote the uh, the the which is the the collective illusion dream of of humanity is to trying to break out of that to actually experience and to see the bigger picture of what we are all a part of and so in a sense yes our every time we sit to meditate we are climbing that mountain hmm. wow and that's why meditation can be so addictive. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 it can as well. You're like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to do this again. Yeah. And Thank God and it's so maybe, good for maybe us. Maybe again. I know. Yeah. You're like, wow. And yeah, it doesn't. And the great thing about meditation is it doesn't require really anything. I mean, a, mm -hmm. a, a, a quiet spot or, you know, a nice place to sit or something. But that's easy enough. For anyone to find so mm -hmm. um and 
you know, you know, I mean, this is the, uh, that's a great, great joke. You know, I, along my, my own individual path or whatnot, there's all kinds of fears and some of the fears that surface along the way, you know, um, we have fears of the, the common ones, fear of pain, fear of death, fear of the unknown, fear of the dark, fear of whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, one of the very profound ones is, is a fear of a cage, mm. of being trapped. Yeah, claustrophobia. Yeah, and you know it's and of course like manifested in a in a certain visceral way would be like oh to be incarcerated mm-hmm. and, and and then imagine being locked up in some kind of a prison hole and and uh, um, and then uh, oh if you want to throw a kicker on it it's it's all un- unjustly mm-hmm. locked up or whatever right you know. Yeah. Uh, um, for, for whatever reason. And, you know, I'm like, wow. Um, I remember like really kind of exploring that context. I'm like, because if somebody had the power to lock me up and put me in that kind of place, um, I don't like that. Um, or I don't like, I didn't like the notion of being caged. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this amazing thing about meditation. And if you let it be that, you you can actually turn, say, a prison cell. And you're like, oh, look at this. I got my own little, like, uh, prayer chamber to meditate in and apparently they're not even <laughs> going to feed me. I don't have to do anything. And so, um, because I'll tell you one thing, there's nothing, there's no chains, there's no cages. There's nothing that can stop God from joining me and being with me. So I am never alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's and beautiful. so the, the real fear there is like, oh, I'm locked away in solitude and I'm all alone. But I tell you the truth, we're never alone. Mm. And we open up our hearts, we open up our minds, and we can invite, yeah, God to be with us wherever we're at. And that changes the whole game. Mm. Yeah. And in a sense, when we, as soon as we know that, it dispels the fear of being locked up. And as soon as the fear of that being locked up is gone, then that can no longer be part of the life script. Mm. So, that's, so that's no longer an actual option of something that needs to play out. Hmm. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah, and that extends really with any fear that we might have. You know, fears of abandonment, fears of this and fears of this. When we resolve the fear, then it no longer needs to happen or Hmm. can't even happen. Hmm. That's interesting. So you mentioned opening the heart, opening the mind, and we were talking about that, you know, elevation with 
of consciousness within meditation. And I wondered if we should discuss something that you and I were talking about yesterday that it might be helpful for other people because I was mentioning what we were just talking about as far as the conscious awareness in meditation when it's you know above the body. So you you can tell that you're aware, but you, you can tell also that you're not in the body. But you've told us before that the center of everything is in the center of the heart. And so <laughs> I was experiencing this in meditation and it was really beautiful and I could, you know, feel a lot of light. I think I've said often on the podcast, I'm not a very visual person, so it's not, I was sharing with you that, you know, I could, didn't know where I was putting that in quotes, um, but there was just this very, it was just very thick piece <laughs> and light. And, um, but there was a part of me that was very aware that I, my consciousness was higher, like physically, from a physical perspective, my awareness was above my body. But then yes. I also okay. have this, like, okay, I should, I should be in the center of my heart because that's where everything is happening. And so... Okay. I don't know if other people have come up against this where it's like this, you know, should I always be in the heart in meditation? You know, should I be some, what, what, should, what should we be doing, Michael, basically? Can you just solve all our problems? <laughs> um, let's say, uh, let's say you, okay. All right. So you're in, you begin a, a meditation and you're in your body. Okay. The center of your awareness as as you are in your body is the heart okay so then the heart begins to open and it envelops the mind and that actually it fuels consciousness to be to to take a journey okay and then it's going to it's going to extend itself out it's going to expand itself out and as it does so then you you feel this rising sensation where your consciousness is now expanding beyond the body and it's and it's reaching these other etheric or heavenly or ascended planes of awareness. Okay. Within each of that, your awareness is still it's still a sphere. It's now a bigger sphere that um uh, is encompassing more bodies, if you will, than just the physical human body. So okay. it's that awareness is expanding. Maybe it's including the planetary body, uh, the solar body, uh, the galactic body, the cosmic body. It can be expanding into these other things. So the thing is to, to know is that from that expanded awareness, the center what is the center point of the spherical awareness that you that you or anyone else is, is having in this so-called like ascended state? And the center of that is actually then quantumly linked to the center of the physical body, which is the heart. Okay. So it's not trying to stay stapled to your physical body. 
so much as to remain centered wherever you are because the center of of any awareness is okay is connects back to the heart okay through yeah through multiple through any dimensions okay that's really helpful thank you and i think was there more no i just hopefully that kind of did that shed some light on it or yes. hopefully yeah so what i hear is that it's it is you don't have to force yourself back into the heart if you feel an expansion we should be um cultivating expansion and so Correct. We want to nurture that, but the yep. through point and our connection back to the physical is through the heart. Yes. Okay. The other piece yes. to it that we talked about that might be helpful for other people is what I mentioned about knowing that I was like in a different, well, let's say dimension, but I also had no sense of where I was and no, like, couldn't see anything. And it really was just a feeling and a, and kind of a vibration there. I could hear a little bit of a, you know, higher tone, but no real, um, I, I had the sense of like, I feel like I should be doing something while I'm here And uh, so I I kind of was wondering if I was making the most of that. Um, Uh. And so um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? If we feel like it's, you know, like like we're not doing anything. And I know that's kind of the point with meditation, but... Should we be trying to provoke something into happening or are we still gaining benefit even if we're just sort of in this light, in this stillness, in this peace, but we're not necessarily doing anything with that? I feel like you just answered the the question for yourself, but... um, No, you're ahead uh, of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, okay. So, uh, anytime we quiet the mind, this is, um, this is never a, uh, a situation of, of, yeah, that was, uh, I just wasted some time there, you know, just quieting my mind. That was, yeah, (laughs) I just... That was a waste of time and energy, and there's so many more productive things I could be doing. <laughs> and no, there's uh, there's time for doing things. There, there's and it is a season. Um, and but of you know, of course, we you know we're heavily engaged with the collective consciousness that's overly focused on. Um, on uh, what to do? What do mm-hmm. I do? What do I do with yeah. this? What do, you know? How do I maximize this? How do I this or how do this? Uh, yeah, I mean, how to books are big, and what to do, and what should I be doing? And and it, 
you know, it's a very, very common question is people always like they're wanting to, what are, what are my orders, sir? What are my <laughs> orders? Uh, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? I just want to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, uh, yeah, that's the doer mm-hmm. and the doer just like, yeah, the doer, well, it's happy when it's doing stuff. Yeah. And then, then, but internally we just have, we also have the bee, the beer, the bean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, um, you know, you know, it's like 99% of, of meditative practice is really just disconnecting with the, the beingness. Mm-hmm. And so, no, there's nothing to do. That's not what the bean does. <laughs> the beer, the beer bees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The doer does. Yeah. Okay. And so most of us have a pretty well-developed doer and not necessarily uh, as well-developed beer. Mm-hmm. And then and, energetically, yeah, you were you were saying yesterday that um, energetically you still are it's you still are actually doing it's just very subtle correct correct there's really no such thing as doing nothing cuz even doing nothing is doing something it's mm-hmm. a paradox and, and so when you're in that state and it's like a an elevated state you're in a higher vibration and then that is coming in and becoming part of your being Correct, which is going to alter the frequency that the doer gets to play on. Okay. It's sort of like, uh, yeah, um, the beer uh, summons the Disneyland park that then gives the doer stuff to do. Mm. Okay. Woo. That's Oof. good. <laughs> so this this kind of veers us into a different slightly different topic but related as far as when people are experiencing things like reaching ascended states um or having elevated encounters with yeah. divinity um this happens in peaks and troughs. And so I think, you know, we talked about the importance of just making that point that you may experience elevated states and feel, because one of the things I was sharing was yesterday was, um, you know, it was kind of like an energetic opening happened. And then the next time it was like easier to reach that again. It was like something opened up that was made it easier to access. So it, one may come to the conclusion that like, oh, from now on, I enter this state, you know, at my will, or, you know, without difficulty. And it's just going to keep getting easier. And um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit just about the nature of some of the the cycles that you've been through. Yeah, well, um, you know, there's 
uh, spiritual practice is a practice just like, uh, oh, if you're just practicing playing an instrument or if shooting a basketball is your thing, you know, uh, uh, you know, is there, is there anyone who's playing, let's say in the NBA right now who didn't spend thousands of hours while all the other kids are gone to bed or whatever out there at the shooting free throws. Mm -hmm. And so the, the spiritual practice is the same thing. So once we, uh, once we uh, achieve a new level of, of beingness of, of, of a frequency of, of self-awareness, then um, it's like sinking that three-point shot for the first time. And then, but to keep, keep at it, keep at it, and, then, and, tell, and keep practicing until you can, poof, you can swoosh that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then even then, it, you know, of course, in, you know, in the, the middle of a so-called battlefield of a game, you're not going to hit every shot. But the, all the practice begins to pay off so that when the, the game is on the line, right, you're going to make at least a third of them. And then when the, it's really down to the wire and it's clutch, that's when something else kicks in. And all that practice and everything we've done, poof. And that's, that's excellence. But it takes, it's, it's practice to develop. Mm-hmm. And so when we hit this, yes, the next time, now you know something you're like, oh, I know I can reach that. That's known now. It's not a mystery anymore. You know that you can. And then to, to achieve that over and over and over again, then that becomes an easier and easier state to reach and then until it becomes a new, say, platform or um, baseline. Mm-hmm. Um of of beingness Mm -hmm. and that's what is the expansion of the soul as it is embodied here within this human form Mm -hmm. and it's really what we're all all of us are yeah working right well this equation yeah right and sometimes you have a peak experience Correct. And it may last even a little while. It could last, yeah, it could last 30 nanoseconds. It could last 30 seconds. It could last 30 minutes. It could last 30 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say, but yeah. And then the when that's the peak experience. That's the kind of the mountaintop experience. Then you come back down from it. And so there's one of the most important things that there's is it's not your fault. When, when there's a come down from that, it's not, it's not your fault. If you have that peak experience and then it, dissipates or disappears it's not because you did something wrong Mm -hmm. it's an it's an ebb and it's a flow and it's an 
and it's an ever increasing or upticking flow, but it's still going to have these peaks and valleys. So we're still going to have our high moments. We're still going to have our low moments and it's okay. And it's okay. And what we don't want to have happen is for um, a negative self-talk equation to commandeer or hijack our experience by all of a sudden uh, through, uh, through guilt, through um, shame, through um, uh, self-flagellation, uh, beating ourselves up because uh, we did something wrong that took us out of that mountaintop experience. Or that it was taken from us. Oh, that could be it too. That's a that's the that's not the self-flagellation. That's a that's a finger pointing, uh, blame game, and that can be equally destructive. So, yeah. yeah either way, it's just just it's just to understand it's a process. It's going to come. We're going to have our peaks. We're going to have our valleys. Breathe in, breathe out. In, out. In. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's a natural cycle, and it's something that many people have experienced. And yes. um, so it's just, it's important to keep a watch out for that and understand that those peaks, it's, it's not necessarily like, oh, my goodness, I've reached nirvana, and it's going to... Yes, I, you know, be that yes. way forever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, been there, done that. Guilty, mm. guilty. I've to, totally been there. I've hit these sublime states. I'm like, bam, oh, I made it, yay. Mm. It's like this forever now. Uh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, yeah. Hey, anyone out there who's experienced these kind of these kind of peaks, valleys, anything like that, I just want you to know you're not alone, and I feel you. Mm. And I felt those too. Yeah. And um, yeah, over time though, it's the 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 it's like the peaks keep getting higher, but so does the valley floors. So. Over time, I've noticed that the that even though I still go through a valley, my valley is is actually now higher than what my peak was once upon a time. Well, that's interesting and encouraging. Yeah, and it does work that way. So there's still an ebb and flow. Okay, but if you can look at it as a rising scale, eventually, the that the the, come the valleys, down. yeah, yeah, will still be higher than what once was a peak. peak experience. Yeah, yeah. huh? Yeah. So. Well, thank that, God for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh we'd be jacked otherwise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like every time you have to sink at the same amount of low, but coming from uh, a that, higher high. That yeah, would, that. That'd be yeah, torture. That would. Yeah. Yeah, that would not be good. Well, that seems like a good place for us to wrap up. So thank you so much 
Michael, for your time and thank you for listening. If you are inspired to share this episode, if you know somebody who would benefit from it, please do share. You can rate and review if you're an Apple user. I would appreciate your support in that way. And uh, I look forward to the next meditation conversation.